You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Welcome you to our church planning series of app sessions. Um, my name is Amy Rovery, and I serve on the ARC launch team. And um, we'll have some of our other team members that probably peek their head in the door um, at certain points. But um, we'd love for you to stick around after. I'd love to meet with you and um, shake your hand at least and get to know you a little bit. Um, and um, just so you know, and you'll see some other of our team members, but Mark Cleary, who's our director of church planning, he may be in here. He'll also be leading the... Um, App session tomorrow that's on our church planning series. If you'd like to meet with him, he'll be here tomorrow in this same room. All of our church planning app series are in this room. So you can meet with him. My husband, Josh Robery, he'll probably be in this room at some point. He works with us and we work together as a team. I don't know what you guys think about that, but people are always like, how do you work with your wife or how do you work with your husband? That's all we ever know mm-hmm. and it's just what we do. So um, we wouldn't have it any other way. So he'll be in here. Isaiah Duncan, he's in the back of the room. You can raise his hand. He starts with us. That's Isaiah. Yeah, don't give so anyway, we're just so excited to have you here. Um, if you were in the last, how many of you guys were in the last session? Okay, just about everybody. So you heard, um, and this is Josh, my husband. So you heard from him just kind of a detailed rundown of our church planning process. So I'm not going to repeat that, but I just want to highlight that if you have questions, please stick around, um, introduce yourselves to us. We'd love to talk with you. You can also go to our ARC booth, which is in the middle of the lobby, kind of the, the right there in the middle by the ARC lounge in the lobby, um, and ask, speak with our staff. We have staff there throughout the conference. If you have any questions about church planning, um, we'd love to meet you there. And you can also go to our website, arcchurches.com, and you can click Start a Church, and you'll find a bunch of information on our website um, and connect with us there as well. Um, so um, this app session is keys to fundraising for a large launch, and we have an amazing panel that is going to share. Um, they're really going to be the ones speaking. I'm just going to kind of introduce them and ask them some questions, and we're going to hear from them because they're the experts. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So um, we'll start here with Jeremy and Lindsay Bosma. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, tell us where you guys are from, where you planted your church, the name of your church, and any other information, and then we'll move on to the middles. Sure. All right. Well, I'm Lindsay Bosma, and this is Jeremy Bosma. And we are Avenue Church. <laughs> we planted solid, solid. Yeah. done. Um, we planted Avenue Church just two and a half years ago in Southwest Las Vegas. And so, yeah, that's, that's right. What we're doing. That's right. So some of our, our fundraising ideas is like slot machines in the lobby. That's right. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Uh, blackjack stuff. Oh, hi, Mark. Okay, I'm gonna pass that. <laughs> I'm Robin, and this is Tim, and we're from the Father's House in San Francisco. Yes. Do you want to say anything else? Sure. How tall you are? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the guy that uh, transitioned the last session before lunch, the yeah. uh, devilishly good-looking gentleman named Dave Patterson, uh, he was our pastor for... Uh, he still is. He, well, he, we, we served in his church for 17 years uh, before planting uh, the first church ever from the Father's yeah, House in San right. Francisco. Uh, so they've awesome. been multi-site, they've campuses, uh, but we were the first kind of virgin church plant. So yeah. uh, it's, been, it's been a fun journey for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you know, I just can't say enough amazing things about these two couples. They're actually both friends of ours. Um, we've known Tim and Robin for, I think, 10 years now. And, um, 11. Oh, my gosh. 11 years. So, see, there you go. And then we've known um, Jeremy and Lindsay for a couple of years, but have become very quick friends of ours and very close friends of ours in a very short amount of time. <laughs> and we've gotten to go. Longer, better. Better. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gotten to go to Avenue Church. I can't believe I have not been to the Father's House in San Francisco yet. Um, but they, these guys planted um, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, January 2017. Their Ark Church plant 630. Oh. Um, so we planted 871 oh, churches. There were 638. And we were there, gosh, right after you guys launched, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, very, six months. After. Yeah, six months after you launched. Can I ask a dumb question? Is there an art church 666? Oh, I think we skipped it. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wondered that. You never know. Okay. Thank you. I, I take it. That's a great question. I hope they keep it in the recording, too. Todd, if you're listening. Um, and so, anyway, got to go to their church six months in, and it was 
such an incredible experience. And I just so encourage you, if you're a church planner in this room, to go to as many churches as possible, and especially when they're in that portable stage and just in that grinded out stage. You go, it is so inspiring. Um, I'm so touched by what God's doing there in Las Vegas and in their community. And um, Tim and Robin, like like they said, they're in San Francisco, and they are actually Art Church Plant 800. Ooh. So they kind of represent um, kind of a milestone for Art. You know, when we hit that 800 threshold, and I love that it happened in a church in a city like San Francisco. And um, something I've shared, you know, with Tim and Robin is I really believe that they kind of changed the game for what we know about church planning in an urban context and church planning in a city that's like San Francisco that's so unchurched and so unreached and so really biblically illiterate um, in in that city. Um, But really have just seen incredible results um, just in the lives that they're reaching and and specifically in the funds that they've been able to raise um, and kind of why they're here today. So just to kind of set up a little bit of what we're going to talk about it and why we're going to talk about it is that something that we've learned at ARC is that it actually takes money to start a church. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> I was talking with the church planner on the phone the other day um, from Africa, and he's now been in the States for about 20 years, and he wants to plan. He's done a ton of ministry in Africa, and he's going to plan a church here in the United States now. And he said, you know what, back then, he said, I just had $10, and I just went around, you know, all over with $10 in my pocket. He said, but I found out that, that I can't just do that here. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It actually takes money to plan a church. You have um, a session on our website, the eight church planning essentials. It's free. I highly recommend it, but there's a whole session on it, and it says it takes big money to plan a church. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and so, our, the way we come into that is we want to see every church planner raise at least $50,000, and we will match $50,000. So we want to see your launch, but, and that's for your launch budget. That's just your launch budget. That's everything that gets you to launch day. That's not your operational budget. That's not your personal livelihood budget. That's your launch day budget. So we want to see everyone have that budget. Now, it could be more than that. It's going to look different in different contexts and different cities of how that all shakes out. Um, But we want to see at least you have that 100,000 launch budget because what we have found is that when you do a good job of setting up an excellent day one experience, that you're actually going to spend less money over the life of your church because you provided an excellent start of your church. It's going to cost you less money. and So it's going to take big money to get to the launch day, but it's going to cost you less money over the life of your church. So that just kind of sets you up for why we're talking about keys to fundraising for your launch day because it's the healthiest way to start a church. And it is the most sustainable. Our heart is to see every single... um, pastor that launches a church with art to be self-sustainable from day one to where you know you can actually work for your church and receive a salary from your church and that you can um, do the ministry and fulfill the vision that God's given for you in your city. So that's what our model is. Um, You can learn a whole lot more about it on our website. So I just wanted to kind of lay that groundwork as we go into but I'm going to um, really kind of let them talk and let them share, like I said. And so um, my first question, and I want both the Bosmas and the Biddles to answer this question. And what most set you up for fundraising success? And so I want each of you, you can take as long as you want, but what most set you up for fundraising success? Um, and kind of paint a picture of what that looked like. Sure. And kind of share as much of your story. You want us to like, be like. very detailed with numbers and everything as well? I think that's wonderful. Okay, let's just set <laughs> the groundwork now. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. No, you go. Go, go, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're first. You're okay. better looking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't disagree with that, my man. Um, you, know, and I, you know, what set us up for success, I guess, number one was a mindset. And I think kind of the elephant in the room is, you know, when we start a church, it's like, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, come on, I can preach. Who can, who can preach in this room, right? I can, we can preach, we can do all that, we can build teams. But the elephant in the room is, how do I ask people for money? Yeah. And so right. for me, it was a mindset, number one, because I felt like, okay, am I a, uh, a pyramid schemer? You know, am I <laughs> that multi-level marketing? Like, I could preach, ask me how. Uh, I lost weight, tell me, ask me how. And nothing <laughs> against all of that, that's great. But let me tell you about a greater vision, and that's the kingdom of heaven. That's a life-giving church that's coming to Southwest Las Vegas, that's coming to San Francisco, that's coming to wherever you're going. And it was really, for me, it was a mindset. And But the second thing, too, though, was just relationship. Good. Just relationship. Have you ever heard the term, you know, like, don't burn the bridge um, because yeah. you're, you're going to have to cross over that bridge again? Right. Well, can I, and I don't know if this sounds sexy or, um, you know, like, hashtagable or whatever, tweetable. But for me, it's like, don't burn the bridge because you love the bridge. You know, you right. love people, number That's one. Right. Right. They're not a, you know, I'm gonna, I need something from you later on. Right. But to say, you know what, I'm not going to burn the bridge because I love God, I love people, 
but also every single relationship that I've ever had, we went back to. Right. We just said, hey, you know, you've always believed in us. I know you. I have relationship with you. And so I would say a key to our success in fundraising was relationship. Maybe not every single person that we knew gave to us. And I got to tell you, one of the things, too, that people you think are going to give you trillions of dollars um, gave you nothing. You know, they're like, here's $500 we're praying for, or a pat on the back. Right? After on, on launch day, uh, you're going to find two types of statements on your launch day. We love it. We're coming back. That's the first one. The second one is, uh, we're praying for you. And so that's the non-givers. All right? We're praying for you. Can, can you pray next week with me in the, in the, in the building? And, uh, but you know what? We found that through relationships, we got connected to other relationships. Right. And so before we even, you know, God put a dream in our heart, because of a relationship, God has connected to ARC. And then through ARC, ARC taught us because of the wonderful family vibe relationship ARC has, they taught us how to actually fundraise. And then through that, several connections of those that already went before us, those that already fundraised, those that, they've done an app session, they launched their church, it was all about relationships. And the churches that gave to us uh, the most as far as, uh, uh, numerically, you know, uh, $5,000, $10,000 were little churches and yeah. it blew us away. And, uh, and so it's all about relationships. I'm talking about relationships all the way back into not just church world, but in businesses. Come on, somebody, right? Like churches, we're all asking each other for money. Can I have $5? Well, if you give me $5 next, you know. Uh, but as businesses, it was people that we did, I mean, co workers, bosses, uh, family members, all of that. It was all about relationships. And I went back, I'm from North Dakota, all right? Wasn't always from Vegas. When I came to Vegas, I went, oh boy, you know? <laughs> and I went back to North Dakota, went to rural, I mean, I took a, I, I, bought, I, I rented somebody's van that barely worked, and I went to all these rural churches that I had relationship with. Wow. And they were wow. saying, let's go write a check right now. And they were just, wow. you know, giving, giving, giving to our our, uh, our brand new church plan. We'll talk a little bit more about the vision, the why, all that, but really relationship set us up. Yes, so 99,000 cash. Our story is a little different. We got $55,000 in goods, meaning that our, like what you would pay for a portable church was given to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't do any of the carts, mm-hmm. a company, a, a business partner, so awesome. and then 45000 in labor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is not anything including the $50,000 that we received in matching funds. Yep. So awesome. Yeah. Um, but I, I would okay. say just one quick that? thing is that um, we, <laughs> <laughs> a little over two, I think is what it all came to. Um, but let, let me say that, well, actually, it doesn't matter. Okay. Oh, it's over two, 250. So, um, but have your stuff together before you make the ask. That was really big for us. So before he went and started taking these ministry tours, because I was still working at the church that was sending us off, okay? Um, but have your stuff together. Have your bank account ready. Have your 501c3. Um, don't tell them, okay, I'll get back to you on a tax credit that you're going to get for making a donation. And our brand was consistent, and we made it easy to give. So our online portal was ready. Um, our PO box was ready. Our checking account was ready. So I would go, you could do all of those things. And that's why companies like Startup Church is so great, because if you're thinking, oh, I'm not a business person or I'm not gifted in administration. They do that for you. So those tasks, what you don't want to do is you don't want to be the person who procrastinates because it's new to you and you don't know it's foreign. Get somebody to partner with you to make that happen so that you can be ready to go ask for that money. So branding consistency and then be ready. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I have to start with this because Amy asked us to do this app session and we were like, Amy, we're the worst people for this app session. <laughs> no. Like, ask somebody else. Because when it comes to fundraising, and this is why she wants to be us to be a part of it, we have a little bit different of a story. Um, we didn't have this huge strategy or these people that we ran after, after and had this big ask. For us, it started a long time ago. We, um, we talked about Pastor Dave who... Is, is our pastor still. Um, we served, we were at the church for 17 years, but we served on staff as pastors for 10 years. And for us, the nice. fundraising strategy we didn't realize started 17 years ago so when we became a part of that church and we started serving yep. another man's vision. Exactly. Yes. So we got behind what God had called him to yes. do in a city and our hearts got attached to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that Many times you get really excited about what you're going to go do, but there's something about that time and that loyalty of somebody else's vision. And uh, God put it in our hearts uh, to start a church or go to San Francisco, put 
San Francisco in our heart when uh, our youngest was eight months old. And we're literally wow. sitting on our couch with Pastor Dave having a, a vision chat about our future. And it was just a statement that he made. And I remember my daughter was right there with us. She was eight months old. And that's where the dream began. We didn't actually go to San Francisco until she was five and a half years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it began long before. And the people, because it wasn't just um, a man like Dave Patterson, who's a man of God, for us were like, go find a good pastor and serve him. Go find somebody with a great vision and serve what God's put in their heart. Um, You might have really good dreams and like this really big vision, but in the season uh, that God has you to be prepared and to put all the things in your heart for that city, I think that loyalty and that time of investment. Because it wasn't just the fact that our, our pastor's amazing, and then and Tim will tell you a little bit more about how we got sent out from that church, but it was about the people's lives. Again, it all goes back to people. We were mm-hmm. uh, so we were youth pastors for most of those years. We, we sewed into families. Yes. We sewed into the young adults. We, we led a freedom ministry. Everything that we did, it wasn't just a man sending us out. Yeah. It was a church sending us out because we had invested in a right. place, and uh, What's funny is there wasn't really the big ask, and that's why we joked with them. We were like, we don't, we didn't have all this strategy, but it was serving in that place yeah. and being loyal to that vision and what God had put in somebody else's heart. And that honestly was the key to our success. Yeah. It was the key for what God wanted to do in another city was us just being faithful there for that amount of time. So that's good. Yeah. That's right. It's good. Yeah. Just for context. Um, and we'll share, I'll share numbers, numbers in a second, but uh, we had a launch budget and we created, you know, our, our list of desires and things we needed to purchase to get started and uh, had the expectation that I would have to do the ministry tours as you did, which we did. Uh, and I traveled a bunch and spoke as much as I could, except, you know, kind of cardboard sign, we'll preach for launch funds. Right. You know, so, uh, I did that for a long season and raised as much as I could. Um, but the miracle was that our entire launch budget, um, was met in two weekends at our church uh, by people giving because, yeah, they believed in the vision and they believed in seeing a city saved, but more importantly, they believed in us because we were well invested in their lives for for so, so long. So uh, I'll share those numbers in a second. But before I share those numbers and get a little more spiritual, let me just be practical for a moment as well. Um, I think one of the most strategic things we did is we made sure that we were the kinds of people that people could trust money to. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to make a statement, and uh, I don't know any of you, so I don't care if I offend you, Um, but if you are bad with money, if you are personally in debt, if you can't handle your own finances, you have no business planting a church. The reason for that is because you can't ask people to entrust thousands and thousands of dollars to you if you are not a faithful steward of what you already have. At the end of the day, one of the greatest principles of scripture is the principle of stewardship. Even church growth is a principle of stewardship. If, you, if, God, if the eyes of God are searching to and fro across the planet, he's looking for churches that he can bless and add people to. He's looking for churches that he can entrust are going to make disciples, are going to set people free. You know, He's looking for those kinds of churches that he can entrust these precious people to. Yeah. Well, if you're looking to raise funds, God, who's ultimately in charge of the cattle on a thousand hills and all the money That's on right. the planet, right. he's looking for vessels that he can entrust yes. lots of money yes. to. Yes. So if you haven't proven that you're trustworthy in your personal finances, please do not sojourn on into this, this church planting idea yet because you need to be able to make sure that your side of the street is clean first yes. before you start asking other people for money. So for us, we've done the arduous work of making sure that we are personally trustworthy with our money, right. uh, that we faithfully give above and beyond the tithe, right. that we've handled our personal finances to the point where we don't have any debt. Um, we, we, years ago, this is a horrible story, but um, when my wife and I were on a plane, we've been married for 15 years, we were on a plane, headed to Hawaii for a honeymoon, and um, I decided to pick up the book uh, by Dave Ramsey, uh, Total Money Makeover on the plane ride. I'm like reading magazines. Yeah, she's like reading, you know, <laughs> to relax. And I'm like trying to learn how to get out of debt as we start out our marriage, right? And by the time our plane landed, I had like money in envelopes. I had a budget ready to go. I'm like, live like nobody else now, so you can live like nobody else later. I was going to go. And so we landed, and I'm like, hey, I got a budget. Let's do this. She's like, we're on a freaking honeymoon. What's wrong with you? But like we made a decision from the beginning of our marriage. We're going to handle money well. Yeah. And uh, about a year after we got married, I got into business. I'm still in business to some extent to this day. And uh, we've, we've run a, a relatively successful business for a number of years now. 
And that understanding how business works and understanding how money works and understanding how to talk language with people and being trustworthy with, with large amounts of money uh, has allowed us to become the kind of vessels that God can entrust certain things to. So I don't tell you these numbers to impress you because uh, at the end of the day, Jesus provided it all. We're just sort of the, you know, the plebeians down here that say, yes, Jesus, we'll do whatever you say to do. Uh, but we had set up to raise uh, $350,000 to launch the church in San Francisco. It's an expensive city. Yes, uh, the most yeah, in the, in the exactly. country, by the way. For, for context, my rent is uh, somewhere between sixteen dollars and $20,000 a month for our wow. building. We get it for six hours on a Sunday. Wow. Uh, and it's, wow. it's just not cheap to do church there. Uh, but anyway, we set out to, to raise three fifty. dollars By the time we launched, we raised five fifty. dollars It's amazing. Uh, and in our first year... Um, not only have we remained solvent and been able to pay right. all of our bills, but we have 300000 parked in the bank. Oh, and like uh, we've had, in our 11th month, we had our first six-digit giving month. We had $113,000 come in in August of December. So, uh, I say all that not to, so that you can applaud our greatness. It has nothing to do with us. It's the, it's the grace of Jesus at the end of the day. But... God continues to trust them to yes. us because yeah. we are vessels that he's good. determined are worthy of being trusted with that. So good. Awesome. So really good. good. Um, I just want to really highlight a few things that, you know, were shared here and that something that was touched on just as these guys were all telling their stories and Josh talked about it a little bit in the first session is that art we really do when we vet couples, we want to look through their marriage health, their ministry yep. preparedness and their financial health with marriage money ministry. We call it the three M's. Um, and there's a reason behind that, and that's because when we see that they have been a good steward of the ministry influence that God's given them, the relationships, they all talked about that, the people they poured into, um, not just the people they ministry, but also the pastors that they have served. And I just want to say anyone in here that's thinking about planting a church that, hey, it's, it's never um, it's, it, it's never it's, there's, it's never a bad idea to spend more time yeah. serving. It's good. Another man's vision yeah. and being a faithful steward of that season. It's yeah. never a bad time. it's yeah. never a bad idea to do that. Come on. Um, mm-hmm. and so I just just want to highlight that because I think there there are so many people that you're in that position and it just pastor would just let me go do this. If I could just have my time to do this, my shot to do this. And you know, um I like I said, we've known the Biddles, Tim and Robin, for eleven years. Um, and we got to watch them do that. Actually, you said 10. I said 10. But it, yeah. <laughs> we got to watch them do that. We got to watch them faithfully serve. Um, and something they didn't even share, and they may not want to share, but I know that they, um, I'm not going to share it anyway. I know that they, they, you know, honestly served and built that house and built that ministry and really were like staff roles before they were ever actually staff. Um, and we, we were, we were never truly full-time staff there. Yeah. So. We, we, we maintained a part-time staff position there for the entirety of our tenure. And then for the first, and this is not our protocol, so take this off the recording. Uh, but we, for the first 10 months uh, that our church started, we were not on staff at our church. The only reason we staffed ourselves in uh, July was because our benefits ran out, and the only way you can get benefits is by staffing yourself. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. We've yeah. been able to do it without that, which is cool. Yeah, and so I, I just had the opportunity, Josh and I have, just to kind of watch them from afar. That was why I wanted you guys to do this session, and it felt like they were like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yes, absolutely," because I've seen exactly what they mentioned about their integrity financially, their integrity as personal stewards of the financial health, and in their ministry seasons and ministry preparedness, um, and see what that's done and how God's blessed that. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, like, get your personal finances in yes. order. Do those things. Right. If you, it doesn't have to be perfect. We're not looking for perfection, but that you have your, your personal finances in order. And honestly, it also gets to be very practical because when you start your church, yeah. your church does not have credit history. Right. So what does wherever you're going to lease a venue from the yeah. school board or the theater or the community center, they're going to run your credit. Yeah. And so yeah. it affects more than you could ever imagine. Um, and so, so that's, that's really our heart. It's just if your best interest in mind to have those things um, in order. So I'm going to transition to our next 
session, uh, our next question here, and um, it's kind of two questions, and you can answer them kind of both interchangeably, but what are some keys when talking to pastors, maybe it's your pastor or other pastors, other pastors in a city pastor you've had a relationship with, what are some keys in talking to them, how should you approach them for fundraising, and then what are some keys in approaching business leaders, um, whether it's business leaders that you have a relationship through ministry and your church, or it's business leaders as you're moving into your city that you're meeting, what are some keys, and is there any difference when you're talking to a pastor or you're talking to a business leader? I would say something really big that um, we made our heart, like what they said today about honoring, don't go into a city without, you know, meeting the pastors there. And so we purposely met with every pastor in our area that would meet us. And we thanked them for everything Mm -hmm. that they were doing. And we asked them, can we plant here? You know, and you know, if God put a dream in your heart, you're going to want to plant there. But we, we were reaching out. Um, to say, do we have your permission? Can we have your blessing? We're in this together. Um, And so that was huge. Um, And then it was sharing our vision consistently. Real quick, because I'm going to let him answer this question. Um, We had an obstacle with us because we had pitched it to our pastor that we were going to launch our church, and he was high-five, blessed us, everything. He had been a pastor at our church for 20 years. We served 10 and 12 years. Our pastor ended up resigning um, a month after we resigned. And so the board that was going to be our sponsoring church removed the sponsorship from the table. And so I want to just tell you, you can do everything right and things can go wrong. We were faithful, you know, to the, but they couldn't say, we don't know who the new pastor is going to be. And we cannot take on a $50,000 loss if something should happen to the Bosmas. But because we had gone and made relationships with people in that time of doing it was another church in our city that was our sponsor church. We never worked for that church. We never served that church. But because we built that relationship, we did that. And so I just want to encourage you, build those relationships. Um, and I'll give, let you do the details on asking pastors. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we begin to build relationships. And um, so a key to asking a pastor, I mean, number one, it's very different from a pastor and a businessman. A businessman is like, you know, don't hide anything from me. Right. You know, I want to know why we're meeting. You got you to have some felt needs. I mean, you have your inventory list. You got to get one. If you don't have one, find one, you know. Yeah. And the inventory list of how much things cost. Yeah. Itemize. I mean, I'm, I'm talking hundreds of things. Right. But then you prioritize about, you know, like three or four, like, you know, wow uh, purchases. I mean, if it's like, hey, we need fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 for a sound system. And it'd be amazing. And you'd be surprised. I mean, have you ever done a sales pitch with somebody and you're like, you know, five grand? And they're like, okay. And you're like, I mean, 10 grand. I'm so sorry. Because that was such an easy yes for right, them. Right, right. Maybe they're expecting more. And so right. don't put God in the box, but also be prayed up before you begin to ask, begin to pitch that ask. Because it's one of the hardest things in the world. I yeah. mean, no person's the same. No person's different. You can't judge them, read them. But God's going to put them out on your heart. To be able to ask them. And so there might be some felt needs for that businessman um, in that regard. And there was a, um, we were, I mean, literally one day um, we had prayed. We said, okay, you know, God told us to start this church. We had a burning bush moment to say, yes, we know where, we know the name, we know when to start this church. And uh, and then one day we got a, um, a phone call. We got off the plane. And um, where, where were we? Where were somewhere? We were in North Dakota. We were in North Dakota. And uh, have you seen the movie Fargo? Bunch of heathens in here. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, so we got off the plane after being with family, doing the ministry tour. And um, got off the plane, got a phone call and said, you know, pastors, can we meet with you? And so we, we had a quick lunch with them. And they said, we love the vision of what you're doing. Because we are consistent with the vision at every single interest social. You have to do your interest socials yeah. and pitch why you coming to that city is going to make a difference in the lives of not just mm-hmm. individuals, but the life of that city and community. Mm-hmm. So our vision was crystal clear. Right. It was crystal clear what we're going to do. It didn't waver. It didn't change. It was crystal clear. And uh, we had to get that from God as well. And so we sat down with this uh, businessman, and he said, you know, God's put a desire in our heart to help fund, to help you with your launch. We're going, come on, somebody. Yeah, right. preach it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he said, we, we want to at least commit to 30, 35,000, right? $35,000. And then we, I mean, we're crying. We're not, we're trying to be all cool, like glory to God, you know? And, and that was a lot at that time because that was early on in our fundraising season. And now when you're talking about 200,000, 300,000, 500,000, even in this room, if you haven't launched yet and you, you want to, and you're going to, you're going, Oh, sweet Jesus. You know what I mean? That's a big number. 
But all the little faithfulness begins to add up. And so he said, we'll, we'll contribute to 35000 Well, now, uh, fast forward, it's been over $100,000. Because every little seed begins to just grow. And they're going, we want to do more. We want to do more. Because we're faithful with what they've given us. And they That's see right. the return on that. That's really right. And then, um, what? I would even say, he wanted to give the 35000 because God had blessed him with a $3 million project. And so he gave the 35000 His company landed a $30 million project just the very next week. Wow. And so he took that as, you know what, this is a good investment. And he, we know it's the kingdom, it's the principles um, and God's word. And so consistently he found out that we had a need that our rent was getting raised um, $2,000 more. That wasn't something that we said out loud to people. That was something that he knew because he was in an inner circle. His company took on that $2,000 a month. So they just invested and invested with us. Yep. Now, he has a uh, business partner, 50-50, and a business partner is not a Christ follower. <laughs> and so after they put all this money in, we, we brought him in, uh, and he doesn't want to go to church or anything like that. And so his business partner comes in, and he looks at everything that they've done. I mean, we, I mean, we blessed the facility with um, drapes, you know, all that. Like, you walk into the facility, and there's nothing but windows, and you're going, like, nobody go raise their hand. I'm like, who wants Jesus? It's all bright, you know. <laughs> and uh, so we get curtain, stage, sound system, all that. He saw all of our lights. He saw every little element, the postcards, the connect cards, the pins, every single thing. And he looks around, and he goes, this is, and we're going to be on podcast later. So he, said, he looked around, and he said, this is beeping awesome. <laughs> And we're like, hey, yes, it is, yeah. you know, and uh, but because he got to see something that he was investing in. And remember what Chris Hodges said, right? Purpose was placed on the inside of him. Yeah. He doesn't know God. He hasn't found freedom. We're still praying he will. We keep inviting him. But you know what? He's making an investment yeah. in the kingdom of heaven, and he doesn't even know it. Yeah. After that, he was like, I have a six-foot Mary statue. You want that? I was like, not yet, man. We have, we're portable. We have nowhere to put her. And uh, so those are some felt needs that, that we have. So I'm going to jump over to you guys. But, right? Yeah, she's Mary, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, so specifically, like, sorry, you said uh, conversations with pastors and business people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, fortunately, because we came from a large church, we did have a network of a lot of other pastors that we had connected with. Our pastor's taken personal responsibility for 30-something churches yeah. at this point. So he's kind of a mentor to a lot of other pastors. So I think you guys mentioned this at the beginning, um, articulating a clear vision, yeah. line-iteming each yes. thing that you intend to purchase. Yeah, there are a lot of people that if you just line-item stuff out and say, you know, this is, uh, this is what it's going to cost to do X, Y, and Z, someone will say, well... 350 seems overwhelming, but I've got, you know, 15,000 and I can mm-hmm. take care of that item on your checklist for you. Yeah. And so yeah. people, yep. people like to see something that they can specifically attach their giving to. Right. Um, it's funny, like it, with, with business people, um, I guess kingdom people could probably be like this too, but acknowledging, like thanking yeah. uh, people for their giving, uh, right. personal letter or something yes. from us to, right. to thank them for their contribution. We had an online platform set up and people gave through the online platform and they get the generic response like, thank you so much for giving to the Father's house. You're super neat or whatever it says. Right. Um, but the personal acknowledgement of a card to say, hey, your sacrifice means the world to us. Nice. Thank right. you so much for partnering with this vision and uh, you know for attaching your heart to what's going to happen in San Francisco. It's amazing how that conversation continues to open up further conversations about uh, other needs or continued giving and some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, but with business people, I, I think um, I, I think he said it well, which there's business people that will step in at some level, usually not very, I shouldn't say not very significantly, but not as significantly as they could. Um, but right. the longer you stay attached to that business person, right. yes. the more resource will flow from them. Yeah. Uh, right. There's a guy, I won't mention his name. Um, it's a really awesome name too, but I can't say it. <laughs> just in case he listens to this recording. But when we first started out, uh, he'd been looking for a church in San Francisco. And uh, he came, um, I guess not first started out, but a few months after we started. He came at the beginning of the year. And uh, he, he kind of had a rough go. Been through a divorce. Was married to a pastor's daughter. She cheated on him. Uh, they got divorced. Uh, and kind of had a, a rough time reintegrating into church. Uh, but he showed up, just got wrecked on the first Sunday of the year, like recommitted his life to Jesus, you know, a weeping ball of whatever at the altars. And he's like, I'd love to get together and chat. And so we went out and we talked, we had sushi together. And I found out through our course of conversation that he was in a similar business uh, to, to the one that I was in. And uh, so we got, we got to talking and I found out like, oh my gosh, this guy's kind of like a big deal. Like, he had a TV show that I didn't know about on HGTV, <laughs> and uh, he, he's kind of a hedge fund manager for some real estate stuff, and he's, he's got some capacity. So I don't 
traditionally track giving uh, per person in our church by any way. I don't like check people's giving unless they're on our core team, uh, which is important that you do. It's a conversation. Yeah. Um, but if someone gives a significant gift, uh, our our accounting system is set up to let me know, hey, someone has given a significant amount of money to your church. You should go ahead and thank them now. So uh, I saw that he had given a, a big gift on a Sunday, and I wanted to thank him, and I thanked him. And what's funny is after that conversation, I watched over the next course, uh, the course of the next few months, two, three, four months later, every week his gift would get larger and wow. larger and larger wow. and larger and larger because his heart was getting attached to what was happening yes. to our house. Yes. So business people, as you take responsibility for their soul, they'll so take good. responsibility for your vision. That's so good. Yes. Um, I, I think so often we want something from them and not necessarily something for them. Yeah. But if we can be for True. them first, right. if we can care about their personal life and their That's healing great. process and, you know, hey, I care about you as a human, not just as a checkbook, you know, and, yes. and I want to develop a relationship here. That relationship is going to fund everything that you need later on down the road because they know that you care about them more than you care about what they have. So, so that's a big deal. It's really that's good. Good. Awesome. I'll let you ask yeah. that next question. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, you know... I, I really think it's so important, some keys of what they're saying. I don't know if you caught this story that Jeremy and Lindsay told about that when he gave $35,000 and then the next week he got a $30 million deal. And you cannot be afraid to just operate in the principle of what we all know to be true. Right. That when people give to yes. what God is doing right. on this earth to win people back to him, that there's blessing Come attached on, on the other side of that. Yeah. And that's the key to what God is doing yeah. in a business leader's life and in the, their business and in their purpose, because their purpose is in the marketplace and yeah. their purpose is there, but that there is actually a partnership with the kingdom of God. Yeah. And as you allow them to have a place to sow into the kingdom of God, to have purpose in the kingdom, and you give them that opportunity to have purpose in your mm -hmm. ministry, in your church, of what you're doing, that you're actually unlocking a greater level for them in their business, yeah. and in their destiny, and yeah. in their purpose that wasn't there before. And so you really, you cannot be afraid to tap into that and to build those relationships like they were talking, and to have the confidence to go in, to know that what you're doing, you're not coming to them, oh, you know, we're, we're in so much need, we're needy, 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 but hey, we have this vision, yeah. Yeah. and this is what God is doing, and th this, this we love you and, and we're so grateful you're building that relationship but this is what God's doing and this is where I really see how you can be a part of what God is doing here and just watch how God continues to bless them and they're going to continue to give yeah. more and more and more to what God's doing um, okay so I want to move on to another question and just kind of here talking about when should you start fundraising Yes, and then what, yeah. <laughs> and what, like, what is that fun, what does the fundraising timeline look like, you know, and even as you've started your church, what does sure. fundraising look like there? Yeah. Um, I would say for us, the moment we had our information ready, we went for it. We had our blessing from our pastor, and yep. we were already fundraising in our families and our circles of people. We were able to tell that we were launching a church, yep. but it started immediately. Um, to give you a timeline, we launched in February of 2017, um, but we went public in May of mm -hmm. 2016. Now, that was too, almost too soon not enough time for us. That was hard, but we were honoring our house that we were yeah. in and that is what he requested. And so we obeyed. Um, but our goal was in that summer, Lord, we need to reach our $50,000. And we did. Um, it was so cool, but it came in the smallest way. It was the eve of September 20th. And y'all know September 21st is when it turns over for right. fall. And that night, a board on a small church in Pahrump um, gave us $5,000. And it took us to $50,000, bucks. But it got us right there. So the things that you're praying for, if you do not set goals for yourself, you will not reach the goals. That's you right. have to set them. And so fundraising started, like you said, yesterday. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I encourage you to. What did I say yesterday? <laughs> yeah. We didn't know each other yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so ask them for the money for fundraising yeah. yesterday. All right. Yesterday. Um, but I encourage you to, in the, in the process of fundraising, be aware, uh, because we, we're talking about honor, a lot of ARC, and that's what we do, we honor. And so be aware of the, when you're, uh, there's a lot of uh, anxiety that comes with, right? Holy cow, when we start the church, whether it's, <laughs> whether it's spring or next year, and I need to fundraise now. But if you're not public yet, then that could look like dishonor. That could look like you want to split a church. Right. That looks like, hey, you know what? It's if you come great. with me, that type of thing. Really right. so, And God doesn't honor dishonor, obviously. Right. And so I encourage you with that. But fundraising does begin. And what was fun, too, though, with our launch team, we did startup parties. People joined our team. After they joined our team, um, we brought them on the process of, hey, team, we've had, um, we've had a, a 
a Facebook group. We all had a text. I mean, we did as much as we could to keep you uh, stay connected with our, our, our launch team. But we also did them on the numbers. We said, hey, this is how much we've raised. This is what we've done. Yeah, then they started tithing. All right. And yeah, some of them were right. like, I'm tithing here. You know, I'm like, well, praise God, you're tithing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a miracle in itself. But then they were tithing to, um, to our church startup. Yeah. And that's a conversation to have as well. And to say, hey, you know what? We're investing. You know what I mean? We're, we're practicing, practicing what we're preaching. All right? Like, like, we're smoking what we're selling. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so we're giving. And our team's excited. I mean, in, in the early, uh, it was way early when we got the 50000 And right after summer, we shared with our team. And we partied. Remember, like, $50,000 matching funds. And then our sponsorship, uh, sponsor church fell through. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> And, uh, and then once we got a sponsor in church, right? We celebrated with our team. Yeah, right? Now, uh, 50 plus 50 is 100. That's like, that's like minimum for me, all right? That's like not enough. But we still celebrate it. We celebrate the faithfulness of God, the Come faithfulness on. of people, yeah. and the faithfulness of our network. Because your network really is your net worth, right? But it's friends and family and pastors that are all coming together and to help you raise. And what's even fun, too, is... In the process of asking pastors, so asking pastors one at a time, uh, you know, can we, can I plant uh, a church in your area, you know, in your city? And if they said no, I probably can do it anyways, you know. <laughs> uh, but a- after they said yes, then they said, can we give? And I said, oh, that's not why I'm having this meeting, you know. And so can we give? And then we have churches in our city that are giving to us monthly, yes. helping our church out, all because of honor, all because of relationship that we have with every single pastor. So I would love to uh, give you some points and stuff like that, but I'm going to give it over here as well. But yeah, fundraising begins immediately. And it continues but, after. And it continues yeah, after. It never, it never ends. All right. I mean, I don't have Yeezys on because I'm still fundraising. Okay, everybody, um, because it never, never ends. Just don't rely on after you launch tithes and offerings. It's always a continual process. It'll always be something, right? Yeah. Something that can help increase uh, your church, help increase your impact in your community. All I mean, we're doing something with Las Vegas Metro Police Department on the anniversary of a shooting that we had in our city, and we're partnering with, we're giving things away, we're doing as much as we can to be able to pour back into our community, and so it never, never ends. That's really good. Um, Just want to go back to that point of of the fact that, you know, you didn't start fundraising and doing the things until you were sent, and um, we have this phrase, when we had the dream in our heart, and we were excited about what we knew God wanted to do, until we had the blessing from our pastor to go, we didn't talk about it. We had this Mm -hmm. phrase where you get excited because you want to start talking about it. And uh, we would say to each other, let's not talk about it, let's pray about it. When it's time, we'll talk about it. Because what that made us do is it made us go to Jesus first, made us go to prayer first, because the vision that God's given you to fundraise and do all this stuff, you could do a lot on your own, and that's great, but you could do so much more with Jesus. You could do so much more with his vision. And when prayer goes before you, and when we began being able to talk about it, we knew that it was a God vision. And that's the thing, like keeping it alive, um, if you're excited, like be excited about what you're doing. Like yes. people are not going to buy into your vision unless you're excited about it. Yeah. Uh, someone said this morning, so many sessions. So someone great said something yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but they said, have fun. Like people yes. want to be home yes. right there. Thank you. That's yeah. what I said. Have a good time. Like right. be fun. Be excited about your vision because when you communicate that, people attach themselves to that. They want to be a part of a big, great vision. But beyond that, um, one strategy that we had was we prayed and we talked to Jesus about the specifics. And uh, when it came to our city, because it wasn't just us trying to come up with money and get this launch budget, but we actually made sure that we were investing in our city before yes. we lived there. Yeah. I love what you said, that you were finding ways yeah. to partner with your city. If you if God's given you vision to go to a city, maybe you live there already, or maybe he's sending you, ask him specifically, where can I invest? Yeah. Where's, where's the need? Where are the things that yeah. you want our church to champion and be a part of? And ask him that, but begin to invest long before you're there. Yeah, come on. Because the power of you giving, like, God sees that, and he will bless that. And the whole, you know, 
35 that turn to the, the amount of money, he'll increase that. But see who you should be partnering with and begin investing. God gave us specific relationships and people that he said, I want you to invest into this outreach organization. Some were Christians, some weren't. But it was people that we said, we're going to take responsibility for this city before we even live here. And that moved us into, now we're a church and, you know, we're still casting the vision and we're still fundraising but fundraise in prayer in jesus name come on don't fundraise just with your voice and your idea but we began to ask god god what big number can we pray for when it comes to our giving and he showed us a number he showed us three numbers he showed you numbers (laughs) (laughs) i joke because Tim's better with the numbers. He's like, don't say that. But it's true, right? He was the guy with the Dave Ramsey book. And I have the Cosmo magazine. <laughs> um, so I joke. I'm like, I'll just take the childlike faith, right? Like, you yeah. know, you, yeah. you, you know really, like, all, all our finances, what every, the amount of every single bill, I trust you, right? I trust you to do that. So um, I took the childlike faith approach, and I was like, God, show us the numbers. And he gave me so three good. numbers in one sitting, one prayer meeting with him. And the incredible thing is um, the first number, we didn't hit it in our giving. And I said, God, I prayed for this month that we would see this amount of money come in. And we began praying for that. I told our team too. And, we, and then we had our, our team over and we're like, hey, here's the number we're praying for. Well, the incredible thing is uh, that number wasn't the number that came in. That was actually the number that we were able to give that wow. month wow. to all the outreach organization, other church planners, and things that God wanted to do, we were able to sew that number in because God's number actually was in even bigger than that. And then it happened the following well, that following month, um, we 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 reached a goal. But then that following month, we hit that second number. And that following month, we hit that third number and beyond and beyond and beyond. And it's been incredible to see that. But like, don't leave Jesus out of the equation in those yeah, details, right. like. Fundraise first in your prayer room. Ask him. um, Seek his face in that because he'll do more than you think that you can do. He'll go beyond it. So this is a bit off um, topic. Um, But (laughs) if I don't say it now, I will forget it. Uh, I think one of the things that, I mean, you've heard probably subtly from everybody up here is um, you have to give in order to fundraise. I know that sounds like counterintuitive. Um, good. But I, it's funny, I mean, I, I was ta- I've talked to a number of church planners um, in the last year since we planted, and people asking questions and advice. And I'm shocked at the number of people that don't give from their church while they're fundraising. Um, they hoard. It's like this scarcity mentality where I don't have enough yet, and so you know we've got this launch budget we're trying to meet, and so we're just gonna we're gonna store up all this money, and we hoard, we hoard, we hoard, and then once we're church and we're up and running and we're established, then we'll start to give. Does that work anywhere in anyone's personal finances? Like, hey, once I have my debt paid off and, you know, once I bought the car that we need for this family and, uh, you know, we had this extra kid, so we didn't plan on it, we didn't buy the car seats. But, hey, once my stuff's in order, then I will give. If you're a pastor worth your salt, you're going to look that person in the face and say, hey, hey. It's actually backwards in the kingdom. You have to right. give in order yeah. to receive what you need. You have, you have to tithe because otherwise okay. your finances are not blessed. Like if you want your finances yep. to be blessed, it starts with giving and then you know, the receiving is on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want your church to receive, <laughs> you got to be willing to give even from seed money. And I want to encourage you, 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 you got to give well before your church ever opens its yeah. doors. Yeah. Uh, before we ever opened the doors of our church, we had given $78,000 away to missions and other church plants and other organizations and people in our city. And, awesome. it was, and, and I'll tell you what, when you sit in front of somebody who you're asking money for, from and you tell them that you've given a bunch of money away, that's inspiring to somebody right. to go, like, right. wait a minute, you guys are trying to get money, but you're exactly giving right. money away, like yeah. you're already generous, like that's the kind of group I want to be a part of, I want to be a part of a group that is generous, and uh, again, this is not, not to put too much pressure on anybody, we, we have the biblical gift of generosity, it is a gift right. on our life, and we operate in that gift, and we understand what that looks like, but I, I don't think that you can start a church and ask people to do something that your church is not willing to do. Yeah, that's right. It's true. Um, I, I probably won't get to this tomorrow on my 7 and 7, because I'll probably run out of time. I've never preached for seven minutes, so we're going to figure this out tomorrow. <laughs> so we're going to sweat. Um, but 
it, you, you cannot be a church that asks someone to go above and beyond the tithe if you're not willing to personally go above and beyond the tithe. No. You, you can't say, you can't ask, you know, everyone else to do more while you do the bare minimum. That's that's just not how it works. Right. So you have to rewire your thinking about some of this stuff right now and be willing to sacrifice now because today's sacrifice will provide for tomorrow's needs. So uh, I, I don't know if that's, no, I, that's I, kind I, of off topic, but yeah. No, I, I, you, y'all, you guys can keep the microphone down there, but I just want to say, um, you know, for ARC, it's a really a big principle for us, and it's really part of the way our funding model works is that we believe that every church should be a tithing church. Yeah. And so the way that our matching funds work is built in that every church plant is a tithing church because what 100% everything that these guys have said is that when you get up there on day one and you're getting ready to receive your first offering, you're saying, hey, every everything that you give, we want to let you know that we're going to partner with an organization that gives back to other church planters that want to start other churches. So we're letting you know from day one, we're a church plant that is planting other churches in other parts of the United States, that, that there's going to be a life-giving church in San Francisco. Yeah. You know, And that's one of the things I love the most about ARC. And so um, everything that these guys are saying, I'm so glad that you said all that you said. Um, that's awesome. I'm going to ask you guys one more question and then let you guys answer it. And I want you guys to kind of say super practical, like what were some things that you got a high return on investment sure, on for sure, fundraising sure. strategies? And yeah. maybe what were some things that you thought this is a great idea and maybe yep. it was a low return on investment. Um, but also just want to say, if you have any questions, uh, we might have a few minutes, just questions from the audience. So think of those if you have a couple of questions and then certainly you can ask um, these guys, they'll stick around for a minute. You can ask them afterwards um, as well. Um, so high return on investment, something that worked really well, low return on investment. And either one can, can answer. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go first? Sure. Um, I think the, uh, I'll give you three quick ones. Um, or, well, I'll give you two that worked well and one that didn't work well at all. Uh, I think you mentioned, I think you went to a bunch of churches. And I think, did you say this? That the, the smaller churches gave you more than you right. thought. The yeah. bigger churches right. gave you far less than yep. you thought. Yeah, so we, <laughs> uh, I have a friend who uh, raised probably more money than any of our church ever. Uh, and uh, it was impressive, to say the least. And <clears throat> jealousy provoking. <laughs> uh, but he had this beautiful, like, he called it like a coffee table magazine, right? So it's like this magazine with all these great pictures and like yeah. the vision of what you're going to do in the city and all the stats and, you know, why this place is depraved and why it needs Jesus and, you know, how much money it's going to cost. It's glossy and it's pretty. And, like, people put it on their coffee table and, you know, I have these visions of business people reading it, you know, as they're sitting by their fireplace smoking their pipe, like, yeah. this is what I want to do, you know? And so I, I invested all this time and all this energy and all this money in these really pretty magazines that we created and then I sent them out to I don't know a few dozen churches that were really high capacity churches expecting like okay this is it this is where all the money's going you have to clarify that some of these people had come to our church we we have a big church that we came from our sending church in Vacaville and they had come they had spoke they said hey when you get ready to launch you let me know I want to invest in you and you're like yes Yes. these people that you know like they got the funds to prove it behind them so these are the people we sent some of these magazines to. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we really pretty envelopes, calligraphy, you know, like, scented paper. Like, it's just the whole deal. I did not get a single response from any of those magazines In fact, there's trying still to tap into capacity churches. A bundle sitting why? In because picture, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have dozens of things. I don't know why. We're not sending any of those uh, so don't let anyone tell you to do that because it doesn't work. Right. Uh, big churches have big budgets, and big budgets mean that they don't have a lot of capacity to give to someone they don't know very well. Right. Um, what they, okay. they said is 100% true. The churches that you expect the least from are probably the churches that are going to give you the most. Yeah. Um, I went to some of these churches at eight, 9,000 people, 500 people, preaching in the backwoods somewhere in Georgia. Right. And some of the, there's, there's a church of, they were at 600 at the time, 600 people at the time. That they have single-handedly given us $25,000 today to help us plant this church because they just loved us and they loved our family and they said, we want to partner with you in this vision. 600 people. And and, and like, it's, you know, it's mind-boggling. So really, it is is relational. Don't invest in like the stuff to impress the big dogs because often the big dogs are probably not going to be able to sell as much as you think that they're going to. Um, some, Some things that we did well. Um, I think uh, we, we joke often, but I think we built our church on dinner parties. Um, yeah. We had a lot okay. of people come over to our house and sit around our dinner table sure. and have conversations right. and develop relational equity with people. And those relationships and those dinner parties is you know, a constant state of casting vision and telling people what you're doing. And it made it very easy for people to begin 
uh, to give because they, again, they caught our heart. They caught the vision behind what was going on. And they said, okay, I want to be a part of this. And so, uh, you know, don't, don't be afraid to start inviting everyone and anyone over to your house all the time. Like, yeah. just make it uncomfortable for the first, you know, however long it takes you to lead up to launch. Uh, but um, I, I think the other thing that, that, that we did really, really well with fundraising was um, we, we were like we, we made that the topic of every conversation we ever had with anybody leading up to launch. I, I, I steered the conversation to let somebody know, hey, we're still trying to raise money, yeah. and not like in a weird way. And I'm like, <laughs> so you know, we still need money. That's me. Okay, how much you got? Like not that at all. But like I would always, hey, could you pray for us? Here's where we're at, you know, and just keeping it a part of the conversation and not being afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And people, people invested. Okay. It's good. It's good. Um, you know, I love the question, you know, what's a high return with a low return? And just for me, jotting it down, is a high return is preparation. You know, you're preparing. And a lot of times, one of the reasons why those um, larger churches that have money and funds, the reason why they say no is because they have a, you're not the only one asking. True. Right. And they already have a whole list of missionaries, a whole list of church plants, or even they're, they're, they're pumping out church plants out of themselves. And so, I mean, we had a couple of them that were like, man, we'd love to, but we're going to put you on a list. I think I'm still on the list two and a half years later. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and which is fine, which is great, which is understandable. But preparation brings a high return, meaning get on, get in conversation. Once you're public, get in conversation immediately on that. And I mean, and just know your city could be a great impact for somebody else's city, you know, like Ohio's going, man, Las Vegas, you know, or San Francisco or wherever you're, you're deciding to plan it. I think it's huge, but also low return is that last minute where I've seen where people walk in at a church and say, I need to meet with a pastor. I'm going to ask for $50,000. You know, you got to be prepared. And that preparation is obviously the list, obviously the different things that you have, a list of people. You get to write down all the different lists of people that you know you're going to ask. They're, you know, and that's all about relationship. But also, too, like fundraising is not, Amy can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but fundraising is not a Facebook post. Can I get an amen, somebody? Yeah, right. All right? It's really not a GoFundMe page, all right? Because right. that's yeah. like an emotional yeah. felt need. My kitten died, I need a kitten. Don't you know what I mean? This is like, I'm, I'm starting a life-giving church yeah. that's going to be around for generations and generations. And so I've seen a lot of that. But also, uh, in being prepared, is you got to have a, I got some notes here because I'm very pastoral, all right? Number one is, I think you, have, you, you need to have a way to give. You know, as far as preparation, your bank set up, you got your nonprofit letter ready. Um, there's businesses. I mean, I once talked with somebody at a, a visiting a church at Guestbo and just said, you know, I love this church. This church is so great. They said, I tithe to this church, but I give to this church as well. Why do you give there too? Well, because I really love this church, but I love the vision of that one. It's too far. It's whatever. And I'm going, you know what? People want to give to something that makes a difference. And so guess what? Your church makes a difference even though you haven't started yet, right? You haven't started a service yet. You haven't started a small group or anything like that. But you're starting a legacy. You're starting a whole new vision for what's coming. So be prepared in that with the list. But have a way to give, whether that's a website whether that's text to give, I mean, because people, they give at the heat of the moment, right? Yeah. And so after you do the pitch, after you do all that, they're like, I want to give right now. And you're like, can you make the checkout to Jeremy Bosman? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like you can't do that. And right. So whether you have your own nonprofit or your sending church, um, I know folks that we weren't um, non-denominational, so we had our own 501c3. We went, we went through Start Church to help us all set that up. and uh, But we also had others that did... Uh, they're sending church, so if it's the Father's house, write checks to them. They're going to send it to us. You'll get your tax break. But also, so that's number, that's number one is a way to give. Number two is a receipt for tax purposes. But then number three is that who will give. And so be able to write down that list, yeah. but also to have that list and be able to expound on it. It's not going to take... Uh, that You will not form that list in that app session. You will not form that list while you're here at ARC. You're going to form that list over a week, over a month. God's going to be able to drop people's names in your hearts. Because right. here's what we found out. And uh, like I always say, we're a bunch of nobodies telling everybody about somebody named Jesus, right? Like we just know little churches. We know relationship. We know people that, that, that invest in us. But also we began to find out that God didn't always, I guess I say this right. God did not just call us to start Avenue Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. God called others to join us in the process. Yes. Right. So others sacrificially gave. Others sold things. We sold a house and pitched in. I mean, there's so many different things that God did through others. And uh, there was a prayer that was prayed over us before we, we were blessed and we were sent to uh, Southwest Vegas. And in the prayer, they said, there are people waiting 
to be pastored by these by the Bosmas. There are people in your city, in your area, and guess what? They're waiting. They're waiting for you to go to come. God is setting your church up, whether it's next year and five years from now, and they're waiting for you to come and they're waiting to invest in your life-giving church and what God's going to do uh, for His praise and His glory. So I'm excited for all that God is doing. So good. I say one thing that caught us off guard that we weren't prepared for is um, a good investor came to us and said, "Hey, my family has an extra, you know, some change, and change to her was ten to twenty thousand dollars." What, what projects do you have right now? What missions projects? So be thinking not just of your items that you need mm-hmm. for launch day. Think about the magnitude. And what if I had $10,000? What would I do? Dream. Have a dream list. So good. Because when she gave us that text message that my family is coming together and we have this tax money that we want to give you, um, what are your projects? And you can be in a pool. I was like, we got to win that pool, babe. Like, we have, what's our, what's our projects? And so we got it all down on paper, but I wish I would have already had that done. Because yeah. that was an afternoon of scramble mm-hmm. when it could have been something that was prepared months and months before. That's great. But we did get the money, praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, but I believe that there could have been more had we been more prepared. Sure. That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. We hope you enjoyed this session from the Art Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations, and to register for an upcoming art conference, visit artconference.com.